It's Florida Daily TV, brought to you by FloridaDaily.com. For all your news on politics, business, and education, it's FloridaDaily.com. Now, here's your host, Ed Dean. Welcome to another edition of Florida Daily TV, brought to you by FloridaDaily.com. State Representative Paul Renner, the, the Flagler County area, right? That's right. Uh, District 24? District 24. Man, good memory. Who is, you know, the proper title would be uh, the incoming speaker for 20, uh, was there, I mean, speaker-elect? Is that how we can use it? Well, a speaker-designated is Chris Sprouls, and he'll be our speaker after the election. Yeah. God willing, we we win the majority. Uh, and, and Are you worried uh, you're I, not I going be, to? What uh, numbers you know, are you looking at, every, man? Every yeah. election matters. So. I know. So he's been on my radio show, and when we've done articles, you've always been good to us at FloridaDaily.com. I got to tell you something. Um, as a lawyer, you are. ACB, Amy Coney Barrett, forget about where I may stand, she knocked it out of the ballpark. In fact, the Democrats were ticked off at the other Democrats for being polite to her. This didn't have a lot of fanfare like we saw. You know, you were on my radio show back during Brett Kavanaugh. That was a circus. Um, She knocked it out of the ballpark on a scale of 1 to 10. What was your... Out of all per, of the overall proceedings, yeah, I'd love to hear your view on this because you do a lot of judiciary as a state rep. Tell me what you sure. what your views were on this. No, on a scale of one to ten, I'd give her an eleven. I think wow. she I think she taught us two things. One is that she is an absolutely brilliant legal mind who's well qualified to be our next Supreme Court justice. Number one, but equally important, perhaps more so, is she did a great job like a like a law school course of setting out the proper role of a judge in our society, which, as she stated many times, is to interpret the law as it is, not as what you think it should be, to have fidelity to the rule of law and the Constitution, not some political agenda. The judiciary is the one non-political branch in our system, and it's so critical that judges interpret statutes and look at the Constitution from neutral principles. And you get into the technical side of textualism and originalism. Right, we we heard that a lot, yeah. But the whole idea of that is it takes my personal views out of it. That's why Justice Scalia rendered some judgments with respect to the Fourth Amendment that were defense-friendly, that were friendly to criminal defendants, not necessarily a conservative outcome. Right. We're law and order. You're um, right. Uh, he, flag he, burning. Flag burning was right? another one where he said, look, I find flag burning reprehensible, but it's political speech he protected agreed, by the First Amendment. He agreed with the ACLU against the Jerry Falwell case. He right. got rid up on that. So you, to your point, you're correct. So the point, the point there is we don't want, she doesn't want, I don't want, Republicans don't want conservative judges that reach conservative outcomes. The media oftentimes talks about it as if we're going to vote you know, Amy Coney Barrett's going to vote on the ACA. No, she's going to look at a narrow right. legal issue and interpret it based independent of where she stands on that on that law. That's what we want. We want judges who interpret the law as it is, not what they think. To your be. point, this has been, I think, a lot of things on the left. And I'm telling you, this has been my years as a reporter. And when we're, and you've been critical, even some, you know, if, if a Republican isn't truthful, you know, we call it out. But the Democrats, a lot of this is manufactured out there. Um, for example, uh, it, it was a four to four decision right now on California versus Texas on the individual mandate that again, the court struck it down. They had to bring it to the Supreme Court. If this is a four to four decision, the lower court, as you know, guess what? Obamacare is gone. So they keep at, they keep acting like she's that, she's that deciding vote. As you pointed out, no, she is not right on that right. one. What is it uh, on this? Um, when you hear the word, I, there's so much I want to cover here on with ACB here, Amy Coney Barrett, that when you hear the word judicial activism, what you know? If you, what red flags come up? Or give me an example. Or when you hear about it, is it overused? Uh, no, I don't think it is. And I think the reason we have such uh, you know 
acrimony over these nominations is because judges are outside their lane. They're doing more than they're supposed to be doing, and they have a lifetime appointment. That's why we give them a lifetime appointment so that they're insulated from the politics, but we can't allow them to be engaged in politics. Right. And so I, I think that is uh, what activism really means. You know, Justice Scalia, again, talked about kind of the progressive mindset about the Constitution that if you really, really think – something is important, then by golly, it ought to be protected by the Constitution, whether it's in the Constitution or not. And conversely, if you think something's really, really bad and should be unconstitutional, well, those judges seem to put their, their, their imprint into the Constitution. They read into the Constitution things that are not there. The Great Constitution point, yeah. doesn't answer every question, and most questions are really left to we the people. Remember when the court steps in, like in Roe v. Wade, I know that's one of the controversial right. issues, and says it's unco- all these laws are unconstitutional. It means that you and I and everybody else in the world has no right to weigh in on when that where that line should be drawn. Good point. It takes away from democracy. And those are political questions. There's nothing, no discussion in, in the Constitution about the issue of abortion. It's one of those many, many issues that the Constitution is simply silent on. That is a great point. You know, when I'll give you when I look at a news story and some of my liberal counterparts, I, I'm like, wait a second, what story did you read to my point? You had a judge that sat back and said, no, we're going to let this lawsuit from the Teachers Unions Association about school reopening, which we have showed where that is nothing more than another manufactured outrage. And it has, especially when they talked about back in May and June of already planning to reopen the schools with unions advice. Oh, no. Oh, the re- no, no. We got it. We, too much safety. In other words, there was a bunch of garbage out there. And then you had a Florida, had a, a Pella, Florida appellate court says, no, no, no. That lawsuit shouldn't move forward. We don't see anything there that has any standing grounds. So to your point, how is it, you've got something that's, you know, you've talked about and one judge sees it one way, another judge sees it another way. Yeah. Well, in, in Justice Gorsuch in his book, uh, his recent book, uh, Republic, if you can keep it, points this out. But if a judge never in a 20 year career reaches an outcome that differs from his or her own political outcome or preferences, they shouldn't be on the bench. They should be running for office. Interesting, yes. You know, and, and just I mentioned Justice Scalia. Uh, you know, that's just going to be the case. And, and the judges we want and the judges I think uh, Donald Trump has nominated are going to call it the way they see it. And sometimes that's going to disappoint conservatives because I agree. the right legal judgment happens to be a liberal outcome. Why? Because the statute that's coming to them, and take the ACA as an example, I'm not so sure. Many conservative scholars look at the severability issue because there's two yep. parts of that and say this is a stone-cold loser in the Supreme Court, that Obamacare is not going to be struck down because that severability issue is just one that the courts are going to give great deference because the people – whether we like it or not, the people elected a Democrat president, a Democrat Congress, passed the ACA. And so on that severability issue, as Judge Barrett so eloquently talked about, there's going to be a lot of deference to did Congress want everything to fall if one piece fell. Now, that individual mandate may fall because uh, remember, that was where they did the switcheroo and they said to pass it, uh, no, yeah, it's we don't not, know it's it's not a tax, it, yeah. but now right? it's a tax for purposes right? of upholding it constitutionally. So that that could well fall because, of course, the current the, – the recent Congress – zeroed that out. So you're no longer penalized for not being able to pay for unaffordable health insurance under Obamacare. I'm leading this question up. I think you know where I'm going. How many, for the audience out there, how many uh, Supreme Court justices are in the Florida State Supreme Court? Seven. Any law preventing governor from packing them up more? No. And and we have control. (laughs) 
And I will tell you, you have control as a legislator, right? We can do that. We can do that. And so uh, what I would say to you is that that's absolutely wrong. And so, again, that's the one non-political branch. And if if you do that, what you're basically doing is is creating one party control. The courts have played a very important role. And this is often lost. I've not heard it being discussed. But the court oftentimes is the last refuge and protector of minority viewpoints. And if Democrats are able to come in and say, you know what, how many do we need? four, five, six to have total dominance of justices that will be partisan in their viewpoint and and just pass through everything we pass and never question anything, you have majoritarian rule. And our founding fathers set it up so that we have these checks and balances. You destroy the independent judiciary. You destroy checks and balances. It means there's nothing there to protect people that are being canceled out of our society. It's like they always – they may win. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but they always want to change the rules if they're never happy. And said, maybe you ought to look at the, the players you're putting up and they can't win. Having said this, this is what I find interesting. Um, the biggest issues, of course, is the economy and COVID um, and tourism in the state of Florida. But Supreme Court packing doesn't even come up. I mean, it's a fun issue to talk about on radio, I'll tell you that. But nobody, I don't know if it's going to make or break an election. I, I know you're, you're a policy guy, but I'm asking you to put on the analysis hat on just for the audience sake. What, if Biden is up by 11 points... You think a Supreme Court packing with these sports that are not is going to redo it? I mean, why do you don't think he'll take a position on this? I'm just kind of curious. If it's not a big issue, what are you afraid of, uh, sure. Joe Biden? Well, yeah, because because the left, the progressive uh, part of the Democrat Party, which is really kind of the beating heart of the Democratic Party these days, wants to do that. They, they've discussed seriously adding Washington, D.C., which is overwhelmingly right. Democrat, as a state. So that they get two Democrat senators, adding Puerto Rico as a state to get another two Democrat senators, you know, abolishing the Electoral College, abolishing the filibuster, whatever it takes to knock down those checks and balances to whatever their desired policy uh, objectives are. That's not how our system's set up. It's set up to, to slow things down a little bit. Make sure we're making the right decisions so that when Republicans come rushing in with big majorities, we don't have our way with whatever we want to do. There's things there that kind of kneecap us along the way. That's a good thing, Ed. That's a good I, thing. I'm with you. And I, so trust me. You and this I... would be knocking down a, a critical check and balance it by destroying the independent judiciary because you just say we're putting partisans when, in. When you – we talked about a week ago having you come on. I was like, man, I, I, I'm a big fan of the representatives. Always just, I've always told people, I said, when you meet representative. Paul Renner. I'm not saying this to impeach you. I said, most elected officials have egos. Paul is the most laid back guy. He's the type of guy, hey man, let's who are, let's go hang out. As, as I golf, it's the 19th hole. You know what I'm saying? Let's yeah. go out and uh, have a drink or let's have some, some coffee and let's talk. But when you saw, you knew coming up over the last week, ACB was going to have the confirmation hearings. And I was like, man, I said, the timing, I can't wait. I said, I, I want Representative Renner on after they do the hearings here. Was your first reaction that this was going to be another Kavanaugh situation? Was this going to be a circus? Or were you sitting back going, you know, you had Mitt Romney coming to say, I think I'm going to give her my support. Were you a little bit more calmed down? Or did you thought that maybe this was going to look like another Kavanaugh situation? What was your first take? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're not done yet. I mean, of course, they're holding True. over the nomination for a week. And that's, I believe, if I recall, in Kavanaugh where he got through and then they, you know, outsprings the right. allegations and it's World War III. Um, look, I think uh, people feel very, very strongly uh, in opposition out there, and they're spending money, and they're you know got their activist based in, in a in a in a fury over this. Don't be surprised if there's not you know some eleventh hour mm-hmm. attempt. But but I will say this: I just think she was so impressive. I think she became, and we don't want judges to be celebrities either. But right. I think she became a celebrity. 
uh, for what she stands for. She's a politically, she's a conservative woman, and I think that's important. She's only the fifth woman on the Supreme Court ever, and I think for a lot, of, I'm, I'm a dad of a new daughter, so right. I mean, I have a lot of pride because I look and say Abigail Grace may be a Supreme Court justice one day, and in, in the likes or in the in the mold of Amy Coney Barrett, where she's saying my mentor instead of Scalia is Amy Coney Barrett as an ideal Supreme Court justice, and I think she'll be just that. She may be the best we've had. So through, I know you're on the road a lot, so I, we'll have to do it through Zoom, which is still on here on Florida Daily Tea and on the radio show, but. Uh, Tom Spencer, who was uh, on the Bush campaign, he's election analyst for the um, Lawyers Defense Fund. Tom's been on our show. We got a big article coming out in Florida Daily, and he is like, and I know we may want to do more of this maybe next week, but I'm just going to jump into it real quick because I know we wanted to talk about the uh, Supreme Court nominee. Is he says, Ed, I'm don't be surprised if if the election goes all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Like he was on the Bush versus Gore team. Sure. And it's a great issue. A lot of people, it's it's kind of, it's a different issue. And he says, we already see it right now, predominantly a lot of the South Florida areas. He says, don't be surprised to what you just referred to a few minutes ago. Don't be surprised if a federal judge, because the law set with you, Representative Renner, don't be surprised if a federal judge sits back and says, nah, we're not going to regard what the state voted upon. I'm going to allow certain ballots to be redone or extend certain things like that. So I know, but... I'd have to assume this this may end up going down the pike, and who the guy I'm going to call, you'd be the first one, because I, I assume it's going to happen. Legal challenges? Absolutely. We always have close elections in Florida, and I don't think this is going to be any exception. And so, and then throughout the state, in some states, we count our absentee ballots. They're canvassed, right. being canvassed now and held and sequestered in secret. But uh, some states don't count their absentee ballots until the night of election. And that means it will, it will necessarily be days and days in some of these swing states before we know the outcome. Yeah. And so uh, that's unfortunate. We don't want to have elections land in the courts. I'll say that very clearly. Um, It's better for the country for a clear, decisive result. Because uh, both sides that, are all lawyered up, I get it. Yeah, we don't I want it, we don't want the I don't want the Supreme Court deciding this election. I really don't. But but they may <laughs> right. have to. I mean, it, right. it's that close. You would like issues. to enjoy your holidays, wouldn't you? Yeah, oh my no, word! I mean, it's just good for the country not to have, I'm with have you. hanging chads and and uh, with the with the ex- the uh, intent of yeah. that. I like that. I'm glad you came on, and you guys can come on anytime you would like. Uh, here also on the radio show. State Representative Paul Renner, House District 24, Northeast Florida, for a lot of you statewide that, that follow us in the Flagler County area. And I've fished down in that area before. Uh, again, Speaker Designate, and I'm glad you came on with us today. Great to be with you, Ed. All right. Thanks so much. Another edition of Florida Daily TV right here at FloridaDaily.com.